0: Yeah, I don't have anything in particular... I'll let, you, I'll let, I'll let you know. No, no problem, daylight. man. I, uh, I, the I, I only get it. podcast I, I, for the working cowboy. I understand. If I, if I didn't really enjoy doing this thing, I, uh, yeah, I would, uh, I'd be in the same boat as you. Like, I, I don't, but I, I really like doing it. So I don't, I, I don't I, I understand people got other shit to do and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then to come on this dumb little podcast where I you know, tell dick he jokes and this. and sometimes uh sometimes talk about important stuff. But anyway, I uh yeah, so I just appreciate you coming on. But we're we're live now and um so we're uh we're back with uh Dan Hartman. He's uh he's a show favorite. I uh I've I wish I had the full stats on um uh, on that first episode uh that we did. Um but I've I've changed uh hosting platform since then so i've lost some of my numbers but well over a thousand people have uh have listened to it you know from either podcast or youtube and uh it's it's one that that people always uh it, it's most requested uh outside of uh lutz O'Neil. so uh you're you're in a uh, pretty rare company dan
1: oh thank you. well i'm not much but i'm just a cowboy and kind of a rancher yeah well I, I appreciate you having me on here
0: oh of course man i i just uh, i feel like we're buddies now you know we've uh we've never met in person yet but i've talked to you several times and we were we had, we had tried to uh put on another horse clinic i tried to be part of the first one as much as i could and and then uh
1: you helped us out a lot and I appreciate it. And that was awesome.
0: Well, I, I, I was glad to help and I wish I could have been there to actually, you know, help help on the ground too. But well, one of these days we're going to get that done.
2: Yeah. you.
0: I I think, uh, I, that the damn COVID just threw a wrench into, into everything. I know, uh, I know since we last talked, like you've, uh, you've kind of had a whirlwind of shit go through your life too. And, uh, so it's uh, man, like shit's changed over, over the course of two years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, last fall while well, 'cause they bought three hundred dollar three hundred dollar tonight from a lot of don't have many I can build I hope.
0: I I can't hear you, Dan. Um you're cutting out pretty pretty good. I, I'm sorry.
1: Um there
0: you're that's better now.
1: Okay, I stood up. My Wi-Fi calling isn't the best here. I don't know why it should work better than that. Is that good right there?
0: Yeah, that'll that'll work. We're we're in good shape now. Okay, good. Great. Perfect. Well, we uh I've got your uh, Facebook profile pulled up. So I got pop your your cool Bronx picture here on the on the screen, so so you'll uh, you'll you'll be you'll be with us in in uh in picture and and audio we're 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 rolling now dan we're 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 just really kicking ass okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like last time i talked to you you were uh you were running and gunning like hell and uh and it seems like you're still running and gunning like hell but in a completely whole Total different set of circumstances.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, supplementing my income quite a bit more than I used to. I used to have enough cows to support me and mm-hmm. support everything. and But um, I've been cowboying uh, for other people and shoeing horses and uh, selling horses, riding, riding colts and selling them. And, oh, just about everything I can do but it's all working out. Yeah.
0: Well, well good. I uh I'm glad to hear that. I you know, it it's uh like I said that that covid just really like threw a wrench in everybody's uh everybody's program and and I I, I know I get hit it hit certain people people different and that it, it's just weird how I don't know like you've uh how do you? How did you? Uh, how did you manage to keep it all together? Because the Rona got you pretty damn good there for a bit, didn't it?
1: Oh yeah, it. Uh, I think I had it twice, but I never got checked out for it. I know my wife had it, and I picked the kids up several times, and uh, I got it pretty bad, but I never went to the. I'm I'm not going to be a cog in there in their machine and the number in their deal for their bullshit. Yeah. I took some ivermectin and got over it. And yeah. last that was the first winter of COVID, uh first season of COVID. The second year of COVID when it changed or mutated or whatever the hell. Or they changed it in their Wuhan lab or whatever. I I don't know. But anyways I um I I got sick again, but I I took uh ivermectin again and I never went to the doctor. Yeah. I do most of my doctoring with the vet. Yeah. <laughs> with, <laughs> with with vet med, with with vet meds, you know.
0: I'm, I'm the same way. I uh I think I had it uh had it again there for and and I it may have been just uh, I think I might have had a stomach bug like uh like some sort of parasite and uh and I mm-hmm. I, I took uh took about all oh, altogether maybe 10 cc's of that injectable and Boy, you shit like a Chris, Christmas goose,
1: but uh, cure you right up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It cured me right up. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I know, I know, I know an old old guy from Miles City that well, he ain't old. But he's a few years older than me, but he a uh, old cowboy. He's taken ivermectin for years. It, it cures cancer too. If you go to NIH.gov they did tests on it with yeah. great results
0: it was,
2: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah you know? i i've read a lot of a lot of different stuff and and it was before it became a uh you know uh a worm or whatever it uh it was a hundred percent um for human yeah it was it was a human human drug and then it later became uh i forget what they were trying to do <laughs> with it in in uh in livestock initially, but then it became, you know, just the ivermect that we knew and, and it, it overtook uh human use by a long shot, at least here, just because we don't have like malaria shit or, uh, you know, like, or, uh, or like, what is it? Like dengue fever or river blindness or, or, or all those, you know, kind of the, those tropical diseases that, uh, they typically use it for and uh yeah, so it just became you know just known as uh as livestock and pet dewormer and yeah, yeah but worldwide man that that has saved so many lives it's uh it's insane essential essential drug, yeah. according to the w h o yeah which it's almost like a conundrum because like, wait a minute, the WHO who I don't trust also says it's the, you know, an essential drug. And so then you're like, it's like when, when you're, you're kind of, kind of, kind of like me and you where we're kind of conservative libertarian minded. And then all of a sudden like wires cross and her head explodes. So like, do I believe it or do I not? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. but no, I, I, I think, uh, that ivermectin is, uh, a, a really good drug that, has the chance to make them very little extra profits so they don't want that, to that that's yeah. why they're pushing Paxlovid now cause the yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: bunch of crooks
0: i know it's all a big scam it's a big
1: just a big scam but but you be amazed how many of these people believe it
0: i know it, it's a amaz- that was the i guess the the most disheartening deal about it was you know, it's just like how many people were just willing to go ahead and just let them do, do whatever, you know, just, you know, do, do, do well, if you need us to lock down for two years. Fine. So be it. You, you know, what's best. And it's like, what, well, what, what about rights? Like, what where, where do, where do you get like those same people will talk about, Trans rights and non-binary rights and uh, Latino rights and Asian rights, but not when they go to Harvard because you know they're too smart for for the to be in the colored people category or people of color category. But every other time we'll use you yeah. as needed, but not when not when too many of you get into our our good colleges because you're too smart. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I, what a what a what a freaking mess. Like but like yeah, they they're there's same people that are that are talking about those rights, they uh they'll just give away all all your basic liberties just, just because the government all, all,
1: yeah. just, all the rights a person needs to be free yeah. and uh, take them away from you and give the rights out somewhere else. Yeah, I hear you
0: yeah no. it's yeah. it's wild but I don't know it it's it makes me it makes me really glad just about every day that i i live basically out in the middle of nowhere not 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 as out in the middle of nowhere as you, but you know far enough away from people that i'm not not that concerned about if, if shit really gets out of hand mm-hmm. like it'll suck don't get me wrong it'll suck for everybody, but I'll, I'll be, I'll be better off than most, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Yep. I live 60 miles, 60 miles of gravel from my county seat. It's 45 miles to the nearest little bitty town, which is, uh, about 150 people. So,
2: yeah, that
1: (laughs) I'm out here with my dogs my dogs and my horses and what cattle I have left. Yeah. Life is good. There you go. Life's tough sometimes, but it's good.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you butcher your own meat out there.
1: No, I don't. Um, I, I send it down to get butchered. I don't blame Um, you. I wish I, I wish I, I wish I knew how to cut up beef, but I never learned my grandparents and everybody used to do it when they were younger but when i come along it kind of become a thing of the past and everybody sent their stuff to town to be butchered yeah yeah my uh my fiance and my fiance in oregon she she raises cattle and uh and butchers has them processed and usda inspected and sells to local restaurants and stuff um so, and that's what a lot of people are doing to supplement their income with their cattle is to sell the sell the locals, you know. Yeah, I haven't done that either, but I might start. I might start.
0: It's uh, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. I know. uh, It's uh, it's kind of the way the you know the market's been been headed here lately. People will kind of want to know where their where the food's coming from and all that, and well, uh, yeah, and it's a it's it takes a little bit but it's one one way to stick it to the packers is just every every head of beef that doesn't go through their their packing plant is uh one more head of beef that uh you know takes away their their control that's uh yeah i don't know i, yeah. I i'm a big fan of it and and get people you know especially in the cities cuz like if they only knew like if for for maybe an hour's drive at you know at the most just about everybody from a you know out, you know from a, a major metropolitan area could drive and find somebody that that would sell them beef directly and and then you know you'd have all all the stuff that you'd ever need to know about the where your food comes from because you can get it directly from the source and i guess mm-hmm. that was that was kind of one of the good things that happened over COVID is that 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 really kind of sparked the direct to consumer deal and uh yeah. But it also yeah. also sent a lot of yuppies out to uh rural areas and uh a lot of them didn't leave. <laughs> that that's kind of a problem.
2: Yeah. That's Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if there
1: was, a, and I think there is being more, uh, more, uh, butcher shops being opened and, and built and for that reason, uh, because of the, the way people want to market their beef since COVID hit, um, and the prices fell, uh, and it's kind of funny because in the store, the prices never fell. They actually went up, but, but. And, and the town folk they think we're rich out here, but we we aren't the ones making any money. It's the major packers making the money. They control the whole thing. Oh yeah. And if you study it, the major packers go back the major packers go back to the mob. They're mob run for years and they probably still are.
0: Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. And but it, it, they all get interwoven into the to the government, you know, with like, you go back to, uh, say, uh, Upton Sinclair when, when he, he wrote the jungle and we're talking, I don't I don't know how much you've read on like the, like the early days of the labor movement, you know, like we, most of us in the kind of on the conservative wing always kind of taught that the you know, unions started out good, turned out pretty shitty. And I mostly agree with that. But then when you kind of start, diving into so like the origins of those labor unions and like holy shit. They were uh
1: Yeah, they were mob run.
0: <laughs> they were also they were mob run, but also like it that was an all out war and there was no good sides because they uh you had you know you had the mines and the and the packing houses sending in Pinkerton uh detectives to stir up shit. You had the the union bosses uh sending in thugs to stir up shit and it was it was a shit show just man i uh i I don't know yeah and and a lot of it was it was a mob run whether it was like you know italian mob or or uh, you know uh, irish mob or you know just some sort of organized crime or it was the government which is the ultimate organized crime yeah 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 it's 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 crazy i i think um i i really want to see these plants get up uh, up and running like that one in north Platte. i know there's uh one or two of them in iowa uh getting ready to break ground (laughs) and uh like i I want to i want to see them like up and running uh you know killing cows and me too and and, like i want to i want to see it succeed i like i really hope and i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people in our, our business that are like, not fans of some of the people that are, that are starting that deal. But like, at least they're fucking trying, man. Like I, even, I, I can put, put what you think about them aside? And like, man, hats off for at least trying something, you know, cause, uh, yeah. it's one thing to, to bitch about it. It's one, it's another thing to, you know, put your ass in. Like a lot of these guys, like really, like if they don't work or, you know, they're, they're selling, selling out. And, uh, getting a job in town probably you know it's mm-hmm. uh, so I, I i like i'm really rooting for him to to, to succeed and and i want to just see how it works like how how uh how they're able to to go once it's uh, once it's going and, and like you know then you have a blueprint of uh, for for success and more than anything and it's not even mm-hmm. so much against the big packers like the corporation is going to do what a corporation does and that's just try to get bigger and make more money like I, I can't even for the most part I can't even fault them for it because that's just what they that's the you know that that's the game
1: yeah it's the way of, it's the way of the world yeah
0: yeah uh, but they don't They don't have any competition because they've they've rigged the yeah. game uh, in their favor all those regulations that uh you know that people think is our, are for our safety. Some of them started that way, but then the the all the people, the big players, and it's in every industry, whether it be automobiles or or packing plants or uh, you know mining, whatever. They tweak the regulations <laughs> just enough so it makes it too expensive for anybody else to enter the market, and and uh, uh, so it takes like all these all these little mom and pop shops that only do maybe ten head a week, if that. That, that could maybe expand yeah. and and uh, start bumping up and maybe trying to sell some meat. Well, then they got to get USDA inspected and then you have to hit meet a whole new set of criteria and, uh, and it's like redundant bullshit and and it's too expensive for them to expand. So then they just, they just butcher one or two, you know, however many ahead of week just for, for the farmer, because they're, they're stuck. They're like at a, a peak of what they can do without spending just like, outrageous amounts of money. Yeah. And yeah, but those big guys, they can, they can meet those, those regulations and keep on trucking and gobble up all every, every little guy that starts to go out of business. They just gobble them up along the way. And that's not, I mean, it's yeah. a lot of people view it as evil and I think it can be, but I, I don't, and, and and it's starting to look more evil <laughs> the more and more you look at it nowadays. But initially I don't think it was. I think it was just unbridled capitalism. Like corporations doing what corporations do. They get bigger, they yeah. they, they get more efficient and you know, but Yeah. Then it, it leads to, to what we have now and it's not real good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Well as long as nobody's there's not too many people start eating that plant based meat. Plant based meat, I think will be our
0: You know, I I'm not so much worried about the plant based shit because uh they they haven't figured out a way to make that shit taste good yet. Like
1: <laughs> Well they must not. They must don't want to it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I, I tried one of those, uh, one of those impossible Whoppers or whatever, Beyond Whoppers, I forget whatever, either one, um, and, like, <laughs> the only kudos I got to them is, like, the very initial taste of the burger, they got that, but it faded really quickly, and, and then you're just chewing mush, and, yeah, it was gross, like, you <laughs> just, outside of like the initial like split second of taste, it was, it was just downhill from there. It was, it was just gross. And like, so I, I'm not worried about that, that shit, but the lab, the lab created meat that that's in, that's weird shit that I, I don't think we need to be, uh, delving into. That's kind of like, uh, souping up viruses. I don't think we should be delving into that type of deal. Um, even if you don't yeah. believe even if you don't believe in God. Like somebody's trying to play God with that and I don't think like I don't think anybody should do that.
1: No. No.
0: Like that just no, that's just not right. Like creating meat in a in a lab. Like I, I just I have a a very strong just gut reaction to that. Like and I don't care what the reasoning behind it is. I just, I have a very strong gut reaction to that.
1: It's a, it's an evil word from some people pretty high up, I believe anyway.
0: I, I don't think you're wrong on that. I, I don't, you know, I. There is not a single conspiracy theory that I won't entertain. I don't, I don't buy into a lot of them, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look in to just about every one of them just to see if there's anything there. Uh I I I like conspiracy theories. They they I think they're entertaining, but yeah, there there's there's something about that like that World Economic Forum stuff and the like the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef and uh and how like you got all these major packing uh companies also investing heavily in you know plant-based alternatives and lab-grown meats and um yeah and then the yeah it, it just uh there seems to be a very concerted effort to just like do away with animal agriculture for to, for as much as they can and i don't yeah. i don't see yeah. what the end game is like like, and even like like the people putting it together, like, I, what is the end goal? I, I don't understand that.
1: I don't either. Um, I've read into it a little bit and agenda 21 fits into it a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think there's a few people in the world, some of the richest, there's a few of the richest people in the world, I think, that, um, kind of want all the money for themselves.
0: Yeah. um, um you've got, that um, American Prairie Reserve going on around uh, your neck of the woods, right?
1: Oh, yeah, north of us. Uh, I'm in southern Montana. I'm I'm against the Wyoming border. The south end of my place is just a mile and a half or so from the Wyoming border. But up on the high line, you get north of the Missouri and... And there might be some places in between the Yellowstone and the Missouri, but you get north of Missouri, and they're buying up every. There's a lot of stuff up there, but the locals are really fighting them. They have benefit ropings to fight it, and um, benefit all kinds of stuff to benefit uh, the locals and fight the APR. And um, at first, they were rolling into places and buying them through a middleman that looked like you and me, mm-hmm. and he was going to ranch there, and they didn't. They didn't even know that they were selling to someone that was against them. And a lot of people did it. And then people started finding out what was going on and who was behind this. And uh, the more places they bought, the more it became known. And um, there are actually a lot of of Montanans fighting against it. Now, I'm not saying money don't win sometimes, but at least now people are informed
0: yeah for sure they were they were doing something kind of like that it might have been the same same thing um there in colorado back home where i grew up in um in southeast colorado and uh oh i don't know how much you've listened to uh, to any of the episodes i did with my dad um I know you're a busy guy, but my dad kinda likes to tur- stir up some shit and he he kinda knows what he's talking about and and he's so he's been fighting on this water uh, uh deal for a while and before that he was fighting um he fought the you know the US military um from seizing a bunch of ranch land through eminent domain um down near Trinidad, uh, Colorado and so but he was warned and I think it was the American Prairie Reserve, but he was warning about that and uh they got met with some really stiff resistance in uh in Colorado and they, they I think it kinda fizzled out. I I'm not sure. I haven't I haven't looked too much back into it, but um mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh that's one of those deals where it's uh it's like any other left wing program. It sounds really good until you look into it. They give it a really good name, and yeah. uh, and it sounds yeah. like the American Prairie Reserve. It sounds just like majestic as shit. Um, yeah, but yeah, and then you find out what it's all about, and you're like, ah, hey, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you're you're part of Montana's um, like it's extremely rural, right? Like there, there's not much out there.
2: Yeah, uh, especially very far between.
1: A lot. Um, that's really rural. The only place more rural, to my knowledge, I mean, as far as the whole state is, wild, wow, It's it's more rural than Montana. So.
0: Yeah, I think uh, why, i I'd say at least in the continental, uh, United States, it'd have to be Montana, Wyoming, and Nevada, uh, I think is like, a, as far as the most rural goes, because outside of the, you know, uh, like I 80 corridor, you know, and, and even there, like outside of Reno and Elko, there, there's not much. And then, then there's Vegas and there there's- it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, big, big open, not, not much there. And, uh, like, uh, Gerlach is on the, on the verge of, like, like having no water if they put in this, uh, they were trying to put in this, like, crypto city or something like that. I imagine that maybe got put on, on halt, but they were gonna, uh, ship a bunch of water out of Gerlach to, down to wherever this city was supposed to go and, um bad thing is like there's nobody up at Gerlach anyways but uh but the few people that there are we're going to be out of water and uh that's kind of where where my dad is at in that uh part of the world i grew up where it just he got people either just pumping just you know millions of gallons of, of water for for crops and and sucking it dry or you got speculators like buying up land to, to send for the water rights to send up to Denver or uh, somewhere on the front range and that, that yeah a little part of the world's about to be just sucked completely dry and mm, I, I don't know where you, where you go from there like how how, did, how does that come back yeah right I mean I guess God, it, it prob- probably will at some point but uh, it won't be because of us
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's funny you hear like people like Elon Musk think the the world is underpopulated, and then there's a lot of other people who think the world's overpopulated. And I'm kind of leaning in that camp that maybe there are just too many people. I I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not the one to say that we need to start getting rid of any sort certain, certain group because uh, I don't like to be labeled a bigot. Um, so, but I yeah. think I get to thinking that maybe there are too many people, but then also I think, what the fuck do I know? I'm just, I'll, I'll just stay where the least amount of people, uh, that I'm comfortable with are like, you know, just, uh, I, I like where I'm at where I'm not real far from civilization, but I, I don't, I'm also not real far from being way away from c- civilization. I like, I'm in a happy medium.
2: Hmm yeah it's nice to
0: go down yeah well uh yeah. <coughs> i uh have you been uh taking on any uh any real bad horses here lately or are you kinda are you kind of slowing down in your old age on that
2: i uh, I, uh Oh, you'll have
0: to you'll have to start over. You're cutting out pretty good.
2: I'm sorry. Oh, you're all right. Is that any better? Uh, yeah that that sounds okay. alright.
1: So yeah, I uh, I uh, would just soon own them if I ride them fine. A lot of times I buy them. Um, buddy, uh, last summer I rode. some pretty bad horses I could have won every ranch rodeo around on. Yeah. And one of them every day morning religiously and never did quit. um, I, uh, I still have some bad horses, but I own them. I don't, uh, I'll take in one for the right people and the right price. But, um, the problem with riding bad horses for people that can't ride them is they still can't ride them when they turn them out. Yeah. You know, you can ride you could ride him for a year and charge him for 12 months of riding him. But mm-hmm. when they take that horse back even if he's rode down they're going to turn him out at some point for some reason it happens to all of us Yep, life happens and uh, they aren't going to be able to ride him when they start riding him again so there's no sense in it. I just kind of quit that. I'll, I'll, I'll start a colt for somebody um, but and I'll do a good job and make, take the time. And I don't like to make people think that just because I can ride a, you know, horse that bucks, I like to make them buck. No, that's not true. I, I buy and, and take in horses that are known for bucking and have a problem. And, and I'm not afraid to, afraid to ride them. So then you get this name of, of a pure bronc stomper that can't get along with a horse. And that's, that's really far from the truth. I know a little, uh, uh I know a lot of forked people that can ride anything that, um, that can also take a lot of time and make a good horse when, when they're starting a new colt, you know. But, um, yeah, I kind of quit the riding the bad ones for others for, for that reason. Um, yeah. Cause they just can't ride them when they get them home. But I'll, I'll own them. I'll buy them from them at pound price or, or, you know, a little better maybe, but depending on what they are. Some of the best our horses I ever had was, was Bronx. And they was, they was just, it wasn't really Bronx. They was just, high energy horses. <laughs> yeah.
0: Little you know. misunderstood too. Like there and it's also I, I was I was talking with uh with my other pen rider today and I just and he he's uh he used to cowboy on the the TS out there at uh, Carlin. And and so he, you know he's he's seen some some bad horses through the day. He used to work at Squaw Valley and and they're just certain. The horses are just funny creatures. They're they're just like people in that that manner. And I can I can understand why like you know people get so attached to horses because they're just they're funny creatures. But I uh, there's a there's a rant that that um owen ulf went on in the in his book i forget the name of the book but it, he ends it and it's like if a horse could talk he would lie and you know he like just uh just completely ripping down like the romantic uh view of a horse and then, you know he talks about how they're uh how just uh like riding some company horses where it just like there is nothing good about this animal and and then like you know you'll hear Here's some, some little gal from the city talk about how it's just not, it's not the rider. It's, it's, or it's not the horse. It's the rider. And he was like, ah, no, this horse has seen plenty of riders. It's it's the fucking horse.
1: Yeah. There's (laughs) horses that are just that way.
0: They're just, they're funny creatures though. Like, I mean, they, they're, there's a there's so much like human it's not even funny you know they just like the hierarchy the like when 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 one's being a dick and it's funny that like, some will be dick be dicks to each other at different types times of the year and it just i don't know they're funny yeah. it's funny how how they work Damn. and and there's there's some that uh that you can ask to do stuff and there's some that you have to you have to tell them and then beat it into their head as well and uh, nobody, yeah. nobody likes to see that happen, but it's a lot of times that's a necessary step.
1: Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Uh, and they are misunderstood. You know, I, they were my kind of horses. They they got a lot of heart. Um, I've seen horses that buck cause they were lazy and they didn't have heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen a lot of horses, high, high energy horses that bucked just because they had a lot of energy and they were fresh Mm. and that's, that's it in a nutshell. And and you can sit there and pussyfoot around them and talk them out of it and ride another hundred yards and do it again until you got them more down. Um, But sooner or later, they need to know that somebody can spank their ass, you know? And I love them kind of horses. They're uh, like I said, they're misunderstood. They're just kind of outlaws like some of us, you know, Mm -hmm. that, aren't ready to conform and i lived my lived a pretty rough life when i was young and i wasn't ready to conform and i'm um, still pack a little bit a little of that with me right to this day and well there's horses that just like that too you know they just they're just different
0: yeah well so, and a lot of it comes with circumstances too like sometimes that's that's all you can afford to have is uh is, is the bad ones that nobody else wants anyways so like Yeah, you you take them on and you figure out how to get by with them. Like if nothing, some of them turn out to be great horses. Some of them always are like that. I've got a Mustang that just I've tried I've tried everything, you know, short of just shooting her in the head. Um, And she is she is hard mouthed. uh, Like it's like steering a boat, Um, and Ah. (laughs) and you can't. Like, I honestly I uh, could probably shoot her in the head and she'd live. Um, uh, like, she just she's Mustang, just hard headed, <laughs> could
1: not kill her with an axe.
0: No big, good feet <laughs> and uh, like a big U neck. She looks like one of those old Spaniard type horses and uh, just like ugly as the day is long, but she's easy enough to catch and you can get just about anything done on her that you want. It just it's a lot of work and it's it's frustrating the whole time and she might buck here and there sometimes not often but and what she does she's got a lot of drop because she's got a big old neck on her and and she's just i don't know uh but also i'm not going to get much for her if i try to sell her so like i just i guess i'll ride her when i have to and uh other than that she just gets fat so like yeah when i absolutely have to ride her i'll ride her but it's not that i'm scared of her i just yeah it's it's a chore and um yeah yeah so i just i avoid it, hurts it. a little more it's mm-hmm.
1: a little more these days too
0: yeah yeah it's exactly right so i i i uh, i need to get i need to get something good started something nice and and uh that that's that's going to be easy to something that you know it'll be my next go-to horse <laughs> that i so i can kind of retire this other one and let my kids uh you know you know crawl around on her but mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, you always hate to see those ones go though. Cause uh, you know, they're, they're your go-to they're, they're, But like, if you can't, can't give your go-to horse to your, to your kids, who can you give them to? And yeah, they, you that, yeah. that horse deserves a little break too. So.
1: Yeah. And then, them tough Bronx save on your good horses. You know, if you gotta mm-hmm. go, if you need a rock pounder and you gotta ride a big circle and uh, you don't want to kill off your favorite horse. You take, you take the damn bronc, you know? Yeah. So there's a place for them.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's, a, it's like this time of year, uh, is when I, I get, you know, I get my, uh, my shitters back up into shape because we're, we're, we're pretty slow. And then, so i give my good horses a little bit of a rest and, uh, let them, let them get a little fatter and just bring in the Mustang and bring them, bring in another horse and, just slave on them for a little bit. It's not even slaving them. It's just it's just a day, you know, day after day. Because we're just it's so slow that they're not even really getting rode. But it's uh, it's just enough to keep them halfway honest and and save on on your good horses.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: It's uh, it makes a lot more sense to people when they when you think of it in terms of economics, but. People don't like to think of horses in the in terms of economics very much. They like to they like the glamour part of a of a horse.
1: Yeah, it's kinda of getting that way.
0: It's uh yeah. But it's funny and, until they have to buy that hay and then the economics comes comes right to a head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Especially especially in a nationwide drought like last year. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. And it, yeah. It,
0: it ain't much better this year. I know you guys got a little bit of a little bit of rain up your way, but yeah, there's uh <laughs> yeah, it, it's rough. Uh if you're wanting to you're wanting to buy hay this year and uh yeah. Oh wow. I, I bet yeah. uh I bet we
1: am sorry
0: to hear that. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. I bet we see a lot more uh a lot more horses out on the desert here in the next year or two if uh especially if it don't. I mean, we we've had uh this week has been good. We've had uh three out of the the first 4 days of August have, have had a nice little shower and so it's it's been cooling it down and kind of kind of knocking the dust down, but it's uh we need a lot of it. It's uh, it's been dry.
1: Yeah, well, I hope you get some rain. We've actually had in right around here, um from here to Miles City. That's about a hundred and forty miles north of me, I suppose. Uh we've had quite a bit of rain this year, but you get north of there and they didn't have much, you know, um over from here and then over to Billings and on west to western Montana there was a lot of rain over there. There's floods, you know, this spring and stuff, but but it's not, it's not covering everybody, like you said. Yeah, um, I'm kind of kind of out on the loop on, on a lot of it. I know, I know. Tex earlier, Texas was in a terrible drought, but I don't know if they still are or not. You know, Matt.
0: I I think uh, parts of it are still still real bad. I think uh, like uh, central and east Texas um i talked to boots and he, he said they could use a they could sure use some rain it's been real hot down there like 100 107 108 something like that um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's they need some rain i know i i think kind of the the northern plains has done okay this summer but uh this spring and summer but i, I think yeah texas is, is pretty pretty dry um I haven't heard what California's doing. Uh, the uh, The fires. I know they've had they've had some big fires this year, but it seems like they're not. Maybe they're running out of shit to burn over there. I'm not for sure. Um, but the smoke mm-hmm. the smoke hasn't been near as bad this year. And I'm knocking on wood now because it was it was bad last yeah. year. It, it's it yeah. sucked last year, but uh, I, it hasn't been too bad this year. So maybe. Um, I know that that fire started in Northern California and we got a pretty good rain. Um, you know, like it started like over the, over the weekend and then it's been raining. I think Monday, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, last night it didn't really rain much. And then we had a nice little rain to die. So it, uh, it's, it's adding up and it's helping like the, the ground's getting a little spongier and that's, uh, Boy, Good. that sure helps with the, the, even when it gets over a hundred, you know, as, as long as that ground's got some sponginess to it, like it's not, the heat's not as bad, but when that, that ground gets hard and baked, man, it just reflects the heat back off you, and Again, it's it so hot, yeah. just so hot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How, uh, how bad did the, did the dust bowl hit your, your part of the world uh, back in the day?
1: oh the dirty 30s yeah well uh it ended a lot of people uh the old timers said some people left and they'd trade their their uh homestead that they would proved up on or hadn't proved up on they'd trade it off for a for a new hat and a and a and a train ticket back east you know yeah um they homesteaded out here in Montana way up into the 30s and 40s and maybe the 50s. And then the Taylor Grazing Act came into effect. I can't remember what year that was, but basically the Ta- Taylor Grazing Act became the, I think it became the BLM and yeah. all that stuff that wasn't, wasn't, <laughs> uh, uh, homesteaded or proved up on, uh, became part of the Taylor, Taylor Grazing Act. And then later on, the government kind of to- totally took that land over and um yeah uh but it uh it affected a lot of them and I know uh I've heard or the old timers talking about horses and cattle dying with a sand full of, a gut full of sand and no teeth left because they're eating the roots. Mm-hmm. Um and uh uh horses eating uh eating each other's crap, you know, because there's still a little bit of stuff left in there and oh yeah um yeah uh it sounded pretty tough to me uh he, most of them that made it had a little bit of a place established and had a something they could trade with you know um cattle or i even know of a well my ex-wife's family they had a, a really good spring in an apple orchard and and his wife the mail. Uh they had post office next to their house and um little bitty little bitty there wasn't a town there, it was just a post office. Um and they had uh chickens and a garden and they did very well. I mean they they, they later on prospered. Um, I it it really uh affected a lot of people All over Montana there's uh little bitty ghost towns uh In this part of the world, where they were along a train track and they were going to be the next place to deliver cattle from
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: and they had a you know they had a a railhead to trail cattle to and uh they died out most of them town- a lot of them towns' it's, um one of them is uh isme montana it's uh north of part of the country where I grew up in my grandparents place and um they uh the concrete's still, still there from the, from the, you know, the sidewalks they built and the streets and stuff are falling apart and concrete's crumbling. And they called that, uh, little Chicago is me. It was going to be the next big town and it was going to ship all this beef from the railhead and mm. uh, the dirty thirties hit and it ended them. And there's a, about, there's still some houses there and a fire hall and stuff in a little ranching community, but there's like, I don't know what the population is there. 20
0: or 40 people or something, you know, but, um, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, but well, I, uh, I grew up about 45 minutes away from, from Boy City, Oklahoma, which was considered the, the geographic center of the Dust Bowl. And, uh, and all those old timers, there was, uh, you know, like the, the ranches had pretty well left that part of the world. Um, with uh with the homestead act you know once uh like during the world war one you know they they shipped uh just uh you know as many as many people as they could out out on the you know the high plains there and just uh, told them it was you know the rain would follow the plow and, you know in the same way up in in montana dave stamey's got that song that talks about it and uh man what like that that that's the that that one event is where is is like the one thing where i can i can kind of halfway get on board with with some of the climate change shit like i i don't i don't think we need to get off of fossil fuels and stuff but like it's one thing that i can i can point to and say like we can't really control the weather but we can make it a lot worse if we're fucking stupid like we were and and that that shows like how oh, wow. how stupid we were Uh, and it was like, so let's not do that again. You know, and that, that's, that's where, where I can buy into climate change. It's like, it's, it's doing stupid shit like that. It's not the, you know, the, the, the energy saving light bulbs and all the, all the other horse shit and the cow farts, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, maybe, maybe not plow up 30 million acres of, uh, of natural prairie land. Like that, that, that seems like a bad idea in, in retrospect. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. So, yeah, sure. it's yeah. Uh, like we should we should look more into that. And, and that's where, like, you know, the conservationists have, um, you know, have a point, too. But also, like, do we want to turn what we have back into, you know, the unbridled wilderness? I mean, I I don't think most people do because it'll only be people like you that survive if we do. I mean, like, I, I'll I'll probably make a go for a little bit, but. Like I said, I'm I'm a little too close to civilization to really hold out for for long term. I think I'll probably I'll be one of those guys that uh that that'll I'll hold out for a little bit. But um yeah, I don't think most people really want that. So like why why are we trying to go backwards that way? Like I, I agree, we need to preserve uh you know like some wilderness areas. But like we we gotta. Like listen to the ranchers, especially the ones that have been around for a long, long damn time. They they've kind of seen everything come and go, and 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 how to manage stuff. Like they're they're the ones you need to talk to if you, if you really want to ask. Like how do we how do we keep this going? It's not it's not some you know activists from the city.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure because yeah it's uh
0: like i'm sure your 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 family has seen so many people come and go over the years and but like there's like there's there's people that are established in in every little pocket of rural america you know families that go back generations and they go back generations for a reason sometimes because they're 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 just tough enough to stick it out sometimes they had the money and sometimes you know there there was a lot of corruption involved but there's but there's reasons why like pockets of you know wh- wherever in rural america why why different names uh, stand out but i imagine like in your part of the world it's just the people that were tough enough to stay there
1: well i heard an old timer tell me one time that this part of montana was settled by crazies and horse thieves, mm-hmm. and maybe he wasn't wrong
0: <laughs> you know i uh, yeah that part of the world i grew up uh I grew up in was uh just north of what they called no man's land and now that's that's the Oklahoma panhandle but that that was it wasn't Indian territory it wasn't Texas and it wasn't uh Kansas so um and and it wasn't part of the of Colorado territory so it was just a little strip of land where if all else failed you could just hightail it over there for a little bit and find a find a good buffalo wallow to hide in and and you could just kind of wait it out. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it just, the fringes of society kind of find rural America. It seems like
1: hmm, a lot of salt of the earth people and little dots on the map, you know?
0: Yeah. I I'm starting to think that salt of the earth start is, is in a, is another just term for crazy anymore, you know? Cause like, yeah, there, yeah, you, you're probably right. <laughs> you you look at the places we live, and and you know we we were talking before we we started recording here, and you're talking to you know Montana hitting 117 degrees, and you know that that just seems absurd. You know that's like it's like Death Valley uh, getting below zero. You know it's uh it yeah, that seems like it shouldn't happen, but you know you you look at like at the high plains, and you're like what what draws people there cuz it's um it's either hot dry and windy or cold dry and windy 350 days out of the year and uh we go. and on those other 15 days it's um it's usually really extreme weather and the wind still blows. So, like, what what draws you there? I don't know. It's just home, I guess. You know, the, my my family mm-hmm. um, was a bunch of dumb farmers that just stayed. <laughs> you know, they uh, they, yeah. they they stuck it out, and I don't know. It, it takes a tough tar- uh, tough kind of people to live in that you know in these parts of the world.
1: Yeah, pretty determined people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: That's. How's the, how was the trapping uh, over the past couple of years?
1: Well, I didn't even trap last year that COVID messed the fur market up because mm. most of that stuff goes to China, Russia, Japan, Italy, mm. and they wouldn't even, they shut the pipeline down. So, um, so there's, there was so, so many thousands and thousands of tens of thousands, maybe millions, I'm not sure, of furs sitting in. You know, in Canada, a lot of it goes from here. It goes up to warehouses in Canada. It's it put in cold storage and then it waits to go overseas. Well, COVID hit and all that BS and they canceled a bunch of for auctions over in Milan, Italy and different places. And, um, uh, it took the coyotes two years ago. Um, We got around $90 to Montana for these these Northern coyotes. And it kind of come back to to what it was like in the, in the eighties, seventies and eighties, the fur boom Mm -hmm. when I grew up and, um, and, uh, when I was a kid and I, uh, I didn't, I decided not to trap the coyotes were worth, uh, I can't remember a lot of my friends got a 14 or $15 average after they skinned and flushed and dried them, and, you know, mm. um, that's, you can't do it for that. You, you couldn't even do it a horseback for that. You, um, even if you didn't took fuel out of the, it just isn't worth your time. No, uh, you're actually making, you're actually making on your hourly deal by the time you figure up your hours of going and getting them and putting traps out and Taking the coyote out of the trap or the snare or whatever and, and skinning him and taking him home and fleshing him and stretching him and um, washing him if he needs, you know, washed and, and turning him after you dry him on the inside out a little bit, you got to turn them and, and, you know, and then you got to comb them out and make them look nice. And well, you're making less than negative dollars as far as by the hour. I mean, it's, you're not making nothing. So, but the bobcat market was supposed to be the same but for some reason the bobcat market wasn't bad it turned out to be a really high average about an $800 bobcat average but on average you know if you took some of some milk stained belly females and you know some females and the the males are worth the most you could take a little bit of everything and get an $800 average but nobody knew that and I didn't I got a mm. job instead uh cowboying over for a big outfit in the Pryor Mountains. And um, I spent from January 15th till uh, summer, uh, June over there. But um, I, uh, and then I guess I got to add that uh, I put out lick tubs for my cows and they're pretty tough. And I did have a summer um, lease last year. So I saved my grass on the home place here to, to graze. Mm um I sold down so I could have enough grass for those cre- those creatures I kept you know my horses and my cattle and I put out like doves and just went. I do um have My pretty tough cows, they don't see much hay even up here in Montana. And even when it's cold, they'll eat brush, whatever's sticking out of the snow, they'll eat if you give them enough protein. Mm. Um, And it turned out to be a pretty mild winter up here. So it worked out really good because if it it had been tough, it'd been, you know, I'd had to come home and at least give them four or five pounds of cake, you know, Mm. green cake a day. But uh, the lick tubs worked out and um, I was able to go supplement my income yeah and uh so it worked out
0: well good um what what do they what do they use bobcat uh for
1: well for coats just coats coats and and stuff Mm.
0: uh, yeah yeah okay yeah Yeah. We, we we need to do another podcast one of these days just on trapping because i uh I, yeah, I grew up on the plains. We didn't. There wasn't much to trap uh, outside of coyotes. So, uh, and and most of the coyotes down that way are pretty mangy. So they they didn't bring. I know they didn't bring much because we uh when we we'd, we'd uh, shoot a coyote in, in high school, there was a there was a guy that that would uh, that buy them from us, and they they used to give a bounty for them. They, the county would, but uh, they stopped that. And then there was a guy that give us forty bucks for for a good. You know one that wasn't mangy and uh and you know in high school shit we were, we thought we were shitting in, in tall cotton but uh yeah and then then i i haven't just haven't been around it. you know it just the part of the world i was that you know we we just did we didn't have any of that and now my father-in-law uh trapped quite a bit back in the day like he he didn't know claude dallas but they they trapped in a lot of the same area about a lot of you know a lot of the same time and uh you know like Mm -hmm. and but he's just he's kind of he's a you know the type nevada mountain man and uh like likes that like that high desert stuff and um did a lot of trapping so i've heard some some cool stories from him We, we should uh maybe i'll get him you and him on the phone and uh we'll we'll talk it'd be awesome we'll we'll talk some trapping i bet that'd be a really cool episode uh it
2: would be thank
0: you you uh if if you're willing we'll all set it up i bet he'd be he'd be more than willing to do it Uh,
1: that'd be pretty cool
0: yeah i i think so i'll i'll uh i'll ask him about it I'm, i'm sure he'll do it but uh yeah, you Thank guys you. you guys will talk about stuff that I have no idea what you're what you're talking about. But I I've seen him, you know, and he's he's getting older now, so he he's slowed down. He's uh he's just grandpa now. You know, he's uh but yeah. he used to run and gun like hell. He was he was a wild man back in the day and uh yeah. Yeah, he was uh uh yeah, he he's he lives to hunt um hunt, trap fish, you know. He's just he's he's outdoorman. He uh but he was also he was a uh, HVAC sheep sheep metal guy, so you kinda gotta live close to the city to 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 make the real money there. So he, he lived in Reno and uh but then spent as much time as he could out in the out in the hills. So
1: there's a lot of fur to be harvested up there in northern Nevada.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He uh and the and peop- bob, Oh go ahead.
1: Then the bobcats there are pretty high quality for desert cats because it's high elevation and they bring quite a bit of money. And there's so many Bobcats up there that, uh, I don't think there's a quota on them. There's a season and you can just go ahead and get how many ever you want. Yeah. And there's a lot of coyotes. Yeah.
0: They, they, there's no, there's no, uh, no bag limit on, on, uh, cats. As far as I know, um, you know, mountain lions there that you can, you can buy. I think, I think you can just buy one. Um maybe 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 more, but I know you can buy one. You don't have to even draw for that. And then uh yeah, the the cats are uh, are pretty much unlimited as far as I know.
1: hmm mm-hmm.
2: But
0: they're a little tougher to catch. So. A lot.
1: Well, yeah, yes and no. The coyotes are quite a bit smarter and harder to catch, but the cats are just not as many of them and, and you gotta know where they travel. Yeah. If you don't know where a cat travels, um you're not going to catch them.
0: That's exactly but, what my father-in-law yeah. said. He said, it's they're harder because you have to, you have to go find them. You have to like you said, you yeah. f- find where they travel. And once you find where they travel, uh, a well-placed, you know, like with, uh, he uses, uh, those, um, those mojo, uh, just plastic dubs. And, uh, Mm-hmm. and some just some feathers and whatnot and then you know he, he puts his trap right there and and uh and it works i mean he, he knows what he's doing and uh yeah it's it's funny like i i i can remember the hunter safety class uh going over the 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 the, the trap and stuff and and but i can also remember our instructor going like unless you're going to the mountains you probably don't need to pay too much attention to this after the test and, and I was, and he was a hundred percent right. Like if you don't go to the mountains and, and, uh, like that's your thing, you just like, you didn't need to know anything about trapping in, in that part of the world. But, uh, we, we would have some guys from Missouri that they came down and trapped coyotes for us there at the feedlot. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. those were some, those were some interesting fellas, uh, fur trappers from Missouri er, that's, uh, that's about as hillbilly as you get.
1: Yeah there's a, a lot of good trappers back east. Uh, uh, there's actually a lot of coyotes back east, a lot more than you'd think. There's actually more than there is out in the West because they have more, more food basis. Mm-hmm. There's more grass and they get more rain. There's more moles, voles, you know, small game and yeah. you know, they're, and they're big. Uh, I think they're, I've heard they're bigger than the ones here. And I don't doubt it. They got a lot of food.
0: Right. That um, that's like the yeah. the whitetail in in the Midwest too. Like they they say on on opening day in Wisconsin, uh Wisconsin is the third largest military in the world. Cause like wow. yeah, they they just have so many whitetail deer up there and it's just such a tradition that like everybody is is armed and like people come from yeah. out of state and and but they have no like natural predators up there. They uh like even yeah. They'll have coyotes and stuff, but a coyote ain't, ain't like actively taking down a deer. Uh, or very, very rarely is that going to happen. They'll, they'll find they'll find rabbits and birds and, and and whatever else. They're they're not they're you know you're, you uh, have you seen that much where they're like you got packs of coyotes taking down deer.
1: Out here, yes, but back there, I don't know. I couldn't see. There's I, probably enough other, other food bases that that they don't. Bother him too much. Maybe the fawns sometimes, but yeah. Um, out here, I've actually seen uh, with my own eyes uh, setting traps and following coyote tracks. I've seen where two or three or four coyotes took down a big buck deer. No, yeah. They'll get them on a. Re- they'll get them on a reservoir on the ice, and they can't run. Huh. They get them on a lake or a reservoir or a big river, and they'll kill them. They'll box them into a cut. You know, a kind of a kind of a uh, cul-de-sac or whatever we call it a, a yeah. box canyon or something and they'll they'll get them but um uh they are they're harder they're hardest on the fawns out here um uh, get get quite a bit of the fawns and they will work together they work one will get the doe's attention and get mm-hmm. her fighting him and the other one will pick the fawn up and yeah, yeah and run off with it
0: and same, way, here, you know, same way with the cattle too yeah they uh yeah yeah that that was the thing we had uh you know when i when i was up there on the high line and then uh you know and and everywhere else it was like the, the coyotes were a problem with the calves they didn't they didn't mess with the cows they, they you know they there's there's yeah. not there wasn't enough coyotes for that but
1: uh but, but we don't have the food basis they do back east and i believe you're probably right i don't know i've never been i've never trapped back there so i I couldn't say I, I'd have to ask an Eastern trapper if they are hard on fawns out so there or
0: not. You know, yeah. And I, and um, I could be talking completely out my ass. I don't know. I just, I know I've never, I've never seen anything of, of the like outside of just, you know, snatching fawns and stuff, Yeah, but like, I, yeah. I, I've never, yeah, they, I've never heard of any, you know, where I was, uh, of coyotes taken down, you know, any, anything other yeah. than, than <laughs> you know, the, Fonds, the, yeah. Yeah, and fons. i'm not
1: saying it happens i'm not saying it happens all the time but i've seen it happen where they took down all their own deer but, yeah that's but interesting also they were it was midwinter too and they were probably pretty hungry you know? oh i imagine you take a you take a wild animal that's hungry put him with a couple more and they can do things that they probably normally wouldn't do
0: yeah i uh you'll have I'll send you a, a link to a song uh tomorrow you'll have to listen to it's uh it's called the wolf I think you'll like it, it kind of describes society today but also yeah like the wolf is such oh, a cool. uh, like a powerful uh like analogy you know like it, it you know you look through literature and history like you know how many how many times the wolf is like the main character because they're there's something else you know like they're they're vicious and smart and uh like, and they work, they work good alone, but they work terrific in packs and, uh, like they're, I don't know, they're, you know, and, and as, uh, as people in the cow business, we hate them because they, uh, they tend to like cattle a lot and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but you still, you look at them, you're just like that, what a fucking animal like that. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Um th- yeah. are are they uh are they a problem in your part of the world?
1: No, um not too much. I've seen one. I didn't uh I didn't get a shot at it, but uh I saw one once it ran across the road from out of the cedars and pines and right back into cedars and pines. It was only in sight for about 30 yards and it was mm-hmm. on a run. But it was damn sure wolf in broad daylight, and it—I yeah, saw it right in front of me. And I've seen coyotes. I've skinned over a thousand coyotes in my life, and uh, it was not no coyote. And the neighbors have been seeing them too, off and on. I think they travel through. They have it if you get them lone wolves out that that, that are kind of uh, ostracized from the pack. They uh they they run a big country, you know. They have a big radius. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'm sure they get some cattle, but, uh, we have some elk up here and stuff too, and they might pick up some of them young ones and stuff, but, um, I'm, I, I, one of my neighbors has sheep, I'm sure he's, I'm sure sure he's lost a few sheep to him, but, um, like I said, they, they're not here constantly Yeah, either, so, um, but, uh, over west, you know, you get up in the mountains, you know, western Montana, they are a problem over there. I saw two yearling wolves that got into a person's corral down by, uh, oh, heck. I could be wrong about this, but I can't remember the name of the little bitty bird down there, but it's kind of down in the Red Lodge country. Oh, okay. North of Red Lodge. And, um, between there and like, uh, uh, Livingston somewhere. Mm. But anyways, they, this was five, six, eight years ago. These two wolves got in their corral where they were weaning calves and killed 30 head of them. Mm. Oh, in one night, in one night. Damn. Just went went on a bloodlust, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that happens very often, but it can. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Well,
0: and... what i don't get is like they they act like we we don't enjoy the wildlife like like here we are talking about how cool it was that you saw a wolf you know like there was only a 30 yard gap and they're like they're they're fucking cool but also like yeah these these cattle are how we make our living and uh and we treat them you know a lot of times better than we do our own kids you know like they, we 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 give them more attention than than our own families a lot of times, and so yeah, when when they they just don't know that instinct. Like, you know, you don't fuck with mine. Like, you know, they they would understand it if somebody's fucking with their kids, but like, essentially, these are our kids. You know, like that's how we yeah. make our money. So, like, you fuck with them, like that's gonna piss a guy off, and you're gonna go kill that. Yeah. And and it's just like you know, I don't know where the, the disconnect is. Like there people are just too, too disconnected from their food.
1: There's a huge disconnect, you're right. Um I can't remember where I read it, but um some dumb broad from the city told some rancher that uh to uh sup- to offset the loss from wolves she was a pro wolf person. Just run more cows. Well, you can't do that. You can only run what your grass will sustain over a long mm-hmm. period of time. Yeah, you can run more cows for for maybe a year or two, but then you ain't got no grass left. And they think that this is all just free. Like uh, you know, all it takes is a little grass and water. And you're you're selling beef. Well, you got land payments. You got maintenance. You got uh-huh. lease leases. You got taxes. You have so many so many overhead bills attached to these pounds of beef you're selling that it's a, it's a fine line yep um and these people just don't um, they don't understand
0: yeah and Well, and, and also like how how it all came into be too is like like all these like if you look back through the range wars and stuff and then you know it's like a rich part of our history but like it was all a bunch of like really shitty big conglomerate companies that were just taking yep. taking land uh, at will and pushing the little guys out. And you know, and like, there was some there were some family ranches involved in it here and there, but if you look at the most of the operations, they were owned by Scots or like yeah, Scotsmen and Englishmen.
1: Englishmen, yeah, out here in this country Englishmen owned a lot of i'm sitting on land that used to be english owned years like in the 1880s
0: yeah and then Um, like my part of the world they were a lot of scotsmen uh in in the you know like southern colorado down into like the texas panhandle it was scottish and and english both but like there there were more famous ranches uh where the owners never physically saw their ranch uh in in that that or
1: or or swung their leg over a horse and helped out Mm
0: -hmm. or even set foot in the United States of America. A lot of them, you know, it's like, yeah, it was, it was was just insane. And, and like, there was a lot of like, and, and I, you always wonder like if it hadn't been, and they were all just people that had connections with, uh, with, you know, senators and congressmen and, uh, and railroad companies, and and that's that's how they they got their land that's how they got their power and and then when when the beef boom uh went bust they all sold out and you know they made money money going in it was they just you know the let the land was just there for for whatever and yeah like and you just wonder like if if like the natural expansion, uh, I I don't know. I I don't know how it would have happened, but like all, all those range wars and stuff were essentially caused by people that never even saw the land they were fighting over.
2: Yeah.
1: It's it's wild. This is wild. Yeah. I read a book one. I read a book one time about, uh, some of that stuff you're we talking about, and there was places bought big ranches in Wyoming and Montana, where they had before the fences they ran the cattle pools, the wagons, you know, and they they had you know certain they called them pools they were mm-hmm. pools of ter- territory that they people would bring their wagon and their reps, mm-hmm. their cowboys to rep for one ranch, one brand, you know, and they'd all gather up and they'd gather a big chunk of country. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, back in them days, they had a headquarters, but they didn't have any, many fences. And they just kind of went out on the wagon and they, they helped each other brand. Well, so a lot of times they didn't have a hard head count. They had what they thought. And sometimes when they went to sell out to the bigger company, they just they'd lie about the numbers and there were places that bought 10,000 cows, these conglomerates that they didn't know they actually had only half that back in their brand, you know, mm-hmm. and then they, then they blamed it on and that goes back to these range wars too. I'm, I'm trying to insert this in there. Um, then they, uh, the lot of the, the deal about Tom Horn and the range wars down there, the Johnson County war and the, and that other, what's that one town was in, um,
0: yeah, down
1: by Cheyenne. yeah. Anyways, with, um, with cattle Kate and that, whatnot. Yeah. They, they, they blamed it on the settlers. Well, mm-hmm. they never had those numbers, you know, and they blamed it on this and that and the other, but uh, a lot of times they just, they bought ranches that were supposedly stocked with so many head that didn't have that, that near that many, you know? Oh yeah. And, I guess uh if you didn't have any fences for miles and miles and miles and miles and everybody's cattle were mixed how would you know
0: yep yeah it's it's crazy like there you know there there's that old uh, open range uh you know like everybody loves that idea and you know like and it, there there's some there's some benefit to it but at the end of the day like yeah there, there's no other way it does end, and and but in some sort of fight, and like I don't think today so much. Like you, I mean, you even look at, like the Bundy situation. Like there, when when there's no clear ownership, there, like there's gonna be a there's gonna be conflict, and uh, and when when you look at like Texas, where they've had their they had their problems with it uh, back in the day, but there's almost no public land in Texas. It's all privately owned and you don't have these type of corals down there either.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean I yeah, guess you, you also know, you don't have you don't have Yellowstone down there either, so <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Yellowstone's a farce. That's <laughs> um, they made that they took that and made it kind of phony too. Yeah. Yeah, I watched an episode. I, I guess I shouldn't talk about it only what I've heard, but I won't watch an episode of it. Um, them guys couldn't follow a real cowboy out to the mailbox, you know?
0: No, no, they're as far as their cowboys go on on Yellowstone. No, not so much. But I will say it's a good show. Uh, like, and I I can understand being uh from somebody from Montana how it. How how you you might not like it. I understand that, but I think if you just look at it for what it is, and like it's it's a bunch of Hollywood people trying to do justice to a modern day Western, and I think they do okay. Like they could always use better cowboys in their stuff, but guess what? Good cowboys don't necessarily make be, uh, good actors either. So I don't know. Take <laughs> your take your pick. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't hate it. I, I like I hate. Kind of, I I hate the commercialization of of the American West, but also, I don't know, imitation's the the most sincere form of flattery, right?
1: Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, just, I don't even know on a I don't <laughs> own a TV. I don't own a TV. I think that Hollywood makes everything fake. You know, I don't know. I'm just I hate to bad mouth your your. Dog. A show on your on your oh podcast,
0: no but, um, don't don't worry about it i i bad but, mouth all but, sorts but, uh, of shit it don't matter <laughs>
1: <laughs> i just i just think that uh back before the back before there was tvs there was a hell of a lot better cowboys you know what i mean
0: oh yeah i i i think so too um you know in, in today's day and age, there's there's not many scenarios that you that I that you could put me in and and I wouldn't do okay. You know, like I, I I'm not going to be the best hand on uh, on many outfits, but I, I feel pretty confident that I could I could slide in and and not get in the way too much uh, and just about yeah. anywhere. Um, I, but I like I, yeah. I I can do just enough to not stand out. I think and. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I bet you're better than that. I'm, I'm, I'm just hard-headed. I don't know much. I just hard-headed, and I get the job done somewhere or another. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I just you know, but I, I like I'll talk to boots. I'll talk to guys like you, and 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 like some of these guys on on big outfits. Whether it be Texas, Arizona, or New or Nevada or whatever, you know, and and, and guys from all all different styles and uh, like, man, I, I've, I've not done that level of cowboy, but also, I also think I spent, I spent a cabin season, the full cabin season in, uh up in big Sandy, Montana, which is the coldest I've ever been in my goddamn life. And I've been cold a lot and, uh, and, and, and damn <laughs> yeah. near ruined the state of Montana for me forever. Um, and I did it in a bunkhouse with, uh, you know, it was, and And even the old timers would would be like, "Oh, yeah, well, at least you had a natural gas heater, well, yeah, but it froze up in the middle of the night a lot, <laughs> and i and I woke up with two inches <laughs> yeah. of frost on my chest because because the heater went out, so like i mean i I've experienced some really some really shitty conditions in montana uh oh, yeah. all, all for the sake of cowboying, so like i I've done a little bit of it, and I feel like I could." I if I had to I I could I could do it but I I also kind of like the I don't know I like the I like the middle weather and and that's hard to find where 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 the middle weather is is where all the people are too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Up here in Montana, when your when your blankets stick to the wall, freeze to the wall, you know you're you know it's <laughs> cold out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We can be a there can be a hundred fifty degree and height variation between summer and winter here you know and that's that's pretty pretty extreme you know?
0: yeah that's you know we we talk in the feedlot you know when you get a when you get a 40, 40 or 50 degree fluctuation in temperature during the the day you know that's a, that's when when you start seeing a lot of sick sick cattle and, and we're right in that oh yeah we're right in that uh, part of the world where you know it's high desert so and we're right up against backed up against the sierras and the pine nuts and the and the sweet waters so like when the sun dips over those hills it's i mean it gets dark real quick and uh and so again, it gets cold at night uh, but it gets real hot. At, uh, not not real hot, but it gets hot enough, and during the day, and so we get those temperature <laughs> swings. But then you you when you're thinking 117 in the summer in Montana, and then you get you know 30, 40 below plus the wind chill in in the winter, particularly out there on on those eastern plains. Son of a bitch! That I, man, I I can't imagine how cold it gets. Uh,
2: man, that that's yeah.
0: That, that's cold.
1: Yeah. That is cold. Yeah.
0: Cause you're, you're like, you're, you're essentially straight North of where I grew up. And so you're, you're where you're at now being buttoned up against, uh, Wyoming and you're getting close to, like uh, uh, over there uh, on are cause you're kind of out in the plains, right?
1: Yeah. Well, no, uh, I'm not, it's, uh, it's kind of plains are kind of not far away, but where I'm at is uh, not mountains, but it's really rough hills. Oh, okay. My place is in between. Yeah, my place is uh, in between two two ranges of rough hills, and then the upper part of my place is up on top of the, of a major divide between the um tongue and the Powder River. Oh, but, okay. Uh, otter Creek is otter Otter Creek is actually pretty rough and full of pine trees and steep hills and and as it goes down, it kind of turns into rolling hills when it goes towards the Tongue River. But um, but no, but the plains aren't far away. I'd say it, it's mixed, broken country and 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 plains. Yeah, there's stuff out here that is straight up and down and pretty high in elevation for here. But then there's uh there's some rolling hills and some plains. It, you know, it, yeah, you, you still
0: get that, I'm not that. In the
1: mountains, but it,
0: you get that nasty wind, though, like the planes get, though, huh?
1: Uh, we can. I got it up worse when I was in more, more flatter country, uh, uh, north of here. Mm. Um, uh, you know, north of Broadus, uh, 80 miles from here when I was on that place up there. It was way worse there. Yeah. Um, uh, mile city can be windy, um. And it can blow here, but there's enough hills to kind of break it a little bit. Um, I'll tell you what, though, uh, Billings, like a uh, prior creek country where I worked this year, this spring, winter and spring. I've never seen windy country that bad. It was terrible. It was, it was bad. It was, I was out there every day, all day long wearing out horses and, and the wind just constantly, constantly blowing. Mm. Yeah. Sixty seventy sixty seventy miles an hour a lot of days.
0: Oh I I don't miss those. That that was out out there on the on those high plains, it just like all all the time. And, and it it's been windy this year, uh where I'm at now. And you know, it like they're, they're I've been here five years now here in, in western Nevada and there's like like certain parts of the year, you know, uh two weeks or a month or so where it'll be pretty windy and but this year just like uh, it kind of last couple weeks it kind of died down but man up until then it's just windy all all the damn time and it started reminding me of back home and uh that was one of the reasons i left back home i mean it wasn't it didn't play a huge factor but when when i got out here and the wind wasn't blowing just every damn day i thought huh this is kind of nice you know
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I I don't know. It's have have you done anything uh besides cowboying um ever, or are you just just cowboyed ever the whole time?
1: Oh, you know, like yes. we talked about earlier, I was a trapper. I oh yeah, a, a, a trapper, I guess. Cowboy and I trapped and um really hard. I made my winter living trapped and um but i've never really done much else i've oh i spent a few weeks roofing one summer um when i was young and worked on a construction crew when i was 19 to make some money but no i pretty much just cowboyed yeah
0: yeah how uh how how big or like how, what was the the outfits like grow, growing up? I know you, you talked about uh, growing up with some of the old timers, but has the have the, the ranches and stuff? How, how's that changed over the years?
2: Oh,
1: you know, it's changed a little bit for sure, but um. There's still a lot of good cowboys around. The old timers that I knew, is old timers, are all gone, mostly gone. Um, uh, the cell phone has changed us a lot, and it, it's social media, and, and better, better vehicles, and you know, better roads, you know, in rural country. Um, but I think the ranches and cowboys have changed some, but um, there's still cowboys that. There's a lot of people have gone to, uh, uh, using ATVs and stuff, but, um, but there's still quite a few cowboys out there. And I think we'll, there'll always be a few cowboys, you know, uh, that actually want to do it with the old ways and, um, and can do it. They're capable and, take it. um, yeah, uh, I think, uh, the ran- There's still a lot of big ranches out here, um, and there's a lot of small ranches too. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't Man. know. Is it's changed a lot as far as you know the scale of you know big and small outfits? So I think there's still a lot of big outfits and a lot of small ones. But um, there always was since the homesteader days, and mm. um, yeah, yeah.
0: I just I I wonder where where it all goes. Like you know, I I, I just I, I assume like people just keep living. You know, it, even if uh, like when when shit hits the fan, like I I I wonder like the way the way shit's shaping up uh, around the world. Like if if it pops off between Russia and China and us, like. There's no way we're going into that war without a draft. Like that, that ain't happening. We we don't have near enough troops to to go fight China and Russia. And then you're like, that's that's when all this nonsense that uh that all these lefties have been preaching, like that shit goes away real quick when when you're just like getting shoved through a line and your head buzzed and like, well, <laughs> welcome to boot camp, motherfucker.
1: Yeah. Are your feelings hurt now? <laughs>
0: like, uh, well, get ready because it's gonna get worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And the de- these uh, these uh, Democrats they won't be volunteering to go either. <laughs>
0: no, like they. I was reading an article from uh, from Military Times, and they're talking about how morale is low, and and it was like uh it was like a. 20% drop in the same poll that they they take year year over year about how uh, like enthusiasm for the military and it was uh it was active duty uh active duty spouses and veterans and veteran spouses and like how how likely they were to recommend somebody for to to go into military service and it was a 20% drop uh, over over the last 2 years <laughs> and um mm-hmm. yeah so that that leads to you know the one thing like if we go to war and you can't recruit enough people well that that draft is still there like we haven't used it in a while but it's still there and uh, like there's no way we're going to to China uh to war with China and not drafting people like i just that ain't happening i know history well enough to know that and uh yeah that that shit'll get real real uh Real weird, real quick, and all these all these crazy people talking about trans rights and 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 whatever whatever their butt hurt for the day. Well, yeah, guess what? Uh suck it the fuck up and carry a rifle, bitch, because you're in the US Army. Yeah. 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 It's Tough it's times. Crazy. Crazy, but I don't know. I guess we'll uh we'll keep plugging along, we always do, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: I guess what uh, else
1: do You do put your head down. Put your head down, and go forward.
0: You know, I I was going to ask you about this. So <laughs> I have had I've had several people ask me to to uh like in, in different ways to talk about mental health. And I, I just like I, I you know, talking to you like you you've done a like you've had some some rough shit happen the last couple years and then like you had some some big ups and downs and like how, how do you do it? How do you uh
1: how do you keep Keep at it every day. No. I some days I barely got by going through a divorce and drought, taking everything and um went through a lot of depression and yeah, um it's been tough and everybody everybody has them times in their life and none of us are immune to it. Um but God and um my family and my kids and uh a good woman uh, yeah friends yeah i don't wanna do i don't wanna do life alone
0: yeah i I agree you know like I always say I like people from a distance, but there's certain people i don't i don't care if they're from you know a distance or not i just there's certain people I like, and you got uh, there's certain people I have to talk to uh you know when when shit's kind of kind of not not great and i it's it's not i've never thought of of doing anything crazy but like just to like to just get back to uh, it's kind of why i like i like the the bull session episodes where i just i like to just shoot the shit and and talk shit you know just like guys being guys you know (laughs) you know, like that, that's such, there's such a good release, you know, just telling dirty jokes and, and and talking shit on each other and trying to make each other laugh. There's just some, something about that is just good, good for the soul. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and like that more than anything, like, um, I always, I, I try to think like that, that, that helps me more than anything. It just like, Mm-hmm. Just getting a good laugh or, uh, or, or like, you know, talk talking to a buddy and, re, you know, reminiscing on a story of something stupid you did, you know, and getting a laugh that way. Like, that, that just, it makes my day. And that, like, I can, I can get, keep going on that for a while because I'll just remember back to that and laugh, you know, just laugh out of the middle of nowhere. And, like, that, that gets me uh-huh. by. <clears throat> or, 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 and then, and then just staying busy. Like, there, there's something, something about that. Even if you're not, yeah. Just busting your ass, but yeah. s- stay busy.
1: Keeps your mind off you. it. Keeps you. It keeps you occupied, and you're doing stuff you like to do. And yeah, there's lots to be said for hard work.
0: Mm-hmm. well I, kind of work and seeing progress, like you, like like being able to to look back and and see something that you that you either finished or or you can see tangible progress on them. Man, that is, there's there's some yeah. like I like fixing fence building fence is one of the most hated jobs in the world but there's nothing more satisfying than looking back on a straight row of fence and just like yeah did that one you yeah, know
1: yeah i kind of always liked fence and i i oh you asked if i okay i'm sorry you asked if i'd ever done anything but but trapping cowboy and by god i i left that out mm-hmm. um, I had a fencing, com- I had a fencing company for a lot of years and I built a herd up. I built up quite a few cows uh, mm-hmm. doing government, you know, government gigs, government contracts and jump through all them damn loopholes of theirs, but made a lot of money do it. And I did a ranch fence too, but I always like fencing because it's the only one of the few jobs that nobody's going to come bug you and, and see how you're doing because they, they might to work you know because like I said most people hate it. Yep. I liked out there you know kind of by myself or with a buddy or two and mm. you know building fence or, or fixing fence and no I kind of enjoy it.
0: Uh, yeah. Fixing fixing, building fence and and bucking hay. There, There is not another activity in the world that will get you more ripped if you spend an entire summer just, just building fence and, and then throwing hay. Like you, you, you will look like a Greek God by the end of the summer. Like, and if that's all, (laughs) that's all you do because I mean, it, it takes every, every muscle in your body muscles that you didn't know you had to, to get all that, that done. And it's not necessarily hard work all the time, but it's the same amount of work over and over and over and over just repetition and, uh, yeah you you'll be in in really good shape by by the end of the summer doing that just that yeah
1: that's for sure yeah
0: well um yeah i, I think you you're right about that though like there there is there's something satisfying about about building fence i i didn't hate it but i didn't it wasn't my wasn't my uh my favorite thing to do ever. I I I'd, I'd sure bitch about it, but I like to bitch about stuff too. That's just I I figured I figured out that's also <laughs> one of the like the top skills of a cowboy. You better you better be good at bitching about shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've uh, I've come to the conclusion that you bitch about shit because you don't have any control over it. So you just like there's nothing else you can do and just complain. <laughs> and like you know, if we'd run the run these cows this way, we're like, well, I don't own those cows. So what else, What the fuck am I going to do? I, well, I'll just bitch about it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, it's probably probably past your bedtime, shit. We It's getting late, Dan. I uh, sorry to keep you so long, but I shit. I I really. Oh, en-
1: okay.
0: I really enjoyed the the chat. Um, we should do more of these. Like I said, I I think you you and my father in law would have a hell of a conversation on trapping.
1: That'd be pretty cool. I would like that. All right, I'll, I'll see and you. And, uh, I'll do it.
0: Alright, I'll I'll see if we uh give give me a couple of weeks. I got I'm gonna be busy here for, for a little bit, but I'll uh I, I think that'll be fun. I'll, I'll I'll talk to him, we'll set it up and uh yeah. Um Dan Hartman on Facebook. Is Facebook the only social media you got? You're you're kinda on and off Facebook. Uh you're uh you're like Yeah, you like I've a
1: been c- on it for a while. You're right.
0: You're like a ghost man on Facebook. Sometimes you're here. Sometimes you're, you're there under another name. And then I I never know.
1: Only once I, when I was going through my divorce, I, I made a different account and I, I, changed my name to Willie ever. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and some of, some of my friends never even figured out who I was for a long time.
0: That's funny. They
1: laughed their ass off. But, uh, <laughs> that was just just the one time but um i uh i shut it off a couple times throughout my divorce my separation divorce i um i've been back on for i don't know over a year and a half now or over a year anyway. yeah um uh, it's the only social media i'm too dumb to run anything else
0: you know it's that's all right i uh there's, there's not many people like I kind of tune into Facebook for, but I I always, I always enjoy when your posts pop up because it's usually something dumb and dumb and funny. Like I, that, that, that's how I like (laughs) it. So uh, that, that, that's that's exactly what I'm there for. So it, it, it always gives me a chuckle, but now I, uh, I'm glad you're, (laughs) I'm glad you're doing good. And I'm, uh, I'm glad you're out there, out there living every day, Dan. It's, uh, it's, uh, you're you're one of the the old types, and uh, it's good to know they're still out there. So you give you give a lot well, of guys you, that yeah. wanna that wanna go punch cows for a living a, a little bit of hope, and then maybe maybe we'll give them a little bit of wisdom once they figure out it's not all sunshine and roses.
1: Yeah, that's right. But well, thanks it, a lot, Matt, and I hope you get some rain
0: yeah for sure i hope you guys do good over there and then uh yeah we'll uh we'll stay in touch and and uh we'll do another couple of one of these and yeah yeah we, we got shit to talk all about right. we got shit to talk about yet i think
1: all right thank you matt
0: you bet take care man
1: you too buddy bye, bye. bye.
0: and that was dan hartman folks now uh Move your ass. We're burning daylight.